Hello and welcome. My name is Tim. I am Dante. And I am Murphy Durfee. And this is GoMode, A Link to the Past Randomizer podcast. Herf, I understand you lost a little bit of weight right before we started recording this. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Are you talking? You, you posted a, a photo, photographic proof of it right before oh, we started this as well. this is what we're talking about. All right. Oh, man. That's such an <laughs> ins- insignificant amount of weight loss. I was getting excited. And now this. Uh, yeah, I got a haircut and I'm looking fly. I got to say, despite the necessary weight loss that I still have in front of me, <laughs> I was um, so to, I was the one who lost the massive amount of weight right before we started. So, uh, uh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. The details. <laughs> um, her, uh, for you to go get this haircut, it seems like it was a whole like process. Uh, not really. I mean, I have like. I've gone to the same place to get a haircut for the past 20 plus years at this point, probably. Wow. That's a lot. Uh, I, um, it used to be, I used to still live with my parents and I was a kid. I was like 15, 16, maybe. And, uh, Mm -hmm. my mom took me to the place where she got her haircut and the guy that, you know, was like an apprentice there learning to, how to cut hair correctly, I suppose. Be a well, what's it called? A hairstylist, a hairdresser, like a barber. Yeah, barber. I guess a barber. Uh, he's the guy that I still go to now to get my hair cut. He like finished it and he is now a full blown barber and he opened his own shop and now he is teaching people how to cut hair and stuff. And uh, I still go to the same guy somehow. And nice. uh, it's it's kind of like going to the I mean, that's a very bad uh, comparison that I'm going to say right now. But it, it kind of works like going to the doctor, I guess you make an appointment and you show up on time. And then especially now with all the covid stuff, you ring the doorbell and they let you in if you have an appointment and then you sit down, get your haircut and then you pay and then you leave. Yeah, I do that uh, online check in through the app on my way too. it's nice to be able to just walk right in. I'll have to wait. Yeah, they're they're not quite that that far yet. They uh, they let you book <laughs> like appointments online and everything, but once you get there, they have like a little Wi-Fi doorbell that they glue to the glass on the outside. <laughs> it's really shabby and like crappy, but it works. Yeah, nice, Dante. What about you? Uh, tell us about your personal like hair cutting, hair styling uh, tendencies. Oh, dude, it's uh, it's actually the most complicated process for me to get this crazy do that I have. Um, so basically what, what happens is I have to find a very specific set of clippers in my house, uh, that we have purchased. And then I have to find a time to, uh, have my wife not have to be busy with something to use those very specific clippers and then pick the specific links for the side and the top. And then we just spend seconds going over my head to get the the hair off that's too long <laughs> man. That's, man that's I'm, that's how it how it is i am i am very much in the mindset of i hate doing my hair when i was like i don't know late like getting out of high school early college you know i, I think people in my generation did that whole emo face thing and so i wanted to grow my hair out and it was so curly or like wavy i had to straighten <laughs> it and 
I think I went through like three months of that and I was like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. And then I just uh, cut my hair back. I was like, I'm just going to be lazy. I don't give a crap. Yeah. Um, Dude, uh, do what's imagining comfortable. you with like one long, like bang of hair going down <laughs> over your eye. It's just like giving me so much joy right now. It's yeah, incredible. Emo Dante, that will be interesting to see. I I'll, I'll have to send you guys a photo of me uh, with, and it was, it was weird. Cause it was like this weird bowl cut looking thing, but it was like all long and it was, it was a hot mess. That, that's, that's probably the best way to put it. It's just an absolute train wreck mess. <laughs> I think well, we've, we've all had like haircut oh, yeah. mishaps or sp- special haircuts in the past. I'm, I'm sure everyone can tell a story about, you know, something strange. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wish that I could cut my own hair at home. I tried to have Courtney do it for me one time and it, it ended up looking pretty bad. So we're not doing that anymore. But it is a fairly simple cut where it's just like a one and a half on like most of my head and then there's like some hair and then you just trim that up just have to go every like you know month or so get it get it taken care of i think i think i go every five weeks or something like that it seems to work out quite nicely i don't know i uh, i used to have like super buzz cut short hair or like almost a shaved head like dante when i was a lot younger but my head shape just doesn't work for that at all. Like I have such an egghead. I look ridiculous with a shaved head. So I just, I just can't do it. I need something on my head. You know, for years, I would say for all of the, the aughts, you know, like 2000 to 2009, I would do, I had, it was like, my head was pretty much buzzed all the way through, except at the front of my hairline i would leave that at like an inch maybe two inches and gel it you know so they would go up and it was like a little quaff you know (laughs) like that's the ultimate that was the ultimate 2000s look and i think you know i'm I'm positive there are pictures of me with that haircut and a puka shell necklace that that exists somewhere (laughs) no you may not see them is the answer to your next question but they are out there that's good i like that oh man (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's where I mean, we're, we're all not too like super far apart age wise, but I think that's kind of where the age difference shows a little bit because I was definitely more of a 90s kid in my like, you know, late mm-hmm. tweens, early teens kind of thing where where you start going through all these weird phases. Like I definitely yeah. I definitely didn't grow up with emo like emo was something I was making fun of you know because well, yeah, all the absolutely. younger kids were all emo and i was like oh, look at these people i was a grunge guy you know i grew up with like nirvana and Soundgarden and stuff in the early 90s when that came up mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't much different like you know if you if you look back at it now and uh don't really i don't know don't well really. i think a lot of it had to do with like who you were attracted to yeah, and like all the girls that I thought were cute were like the emo ones. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I better get some like dark rimmed glasses like ASAP, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, infallible yeah. logic. Definitely. <laughs> it's never failed me. Um, uh, all right. So uh, much for our uh, youth <laughs> sins. 
<laughs> in food right and our hair now we're now we're just sad old men who who play a child's video game yeah. uh, in our spare time so speaking of that let's talk a little bit about a link to the past randomizer so honestly this last week it's been kind of slow so the main tournament just finished up and we have a lot of uh, additional tournaments that you know in the wake of that tourney tornado that we had oh dandy has just posted an old <laughs> picture in the chat i need to stop everything uh this is dandy with bangs everybody Dante with bangs. He's also <laughs> wearing a hoodie. It uh, looks to be. How old are you in this picture? Dante? I'm like, I don't know, maybe 20, <laughs> 21 at you're, most. You know, you're I imagined good. it Honestly, you're much it worse, to, to yeah. be honest. It doesn't look that, that bad. It looks pretty, no. pretty all right. You remind me of someone and I can't really. It was so much effort to make my hair lay down like that. Uh, it uh, was, yeah, but that's okay. you said you straightened it. Yeah, I'd have to straighten it every single time. It was that's so cool. And I, no, it wasn't. It's not cool at all. Don't, don't even don't even pretend it's that's cool. That's cool. What the fuck? Uh, no, no, I grew my hair out also uh, my senior year of high school and got it really long. And uh, I I also used a straightener at one point and and felt a, a little. I just felt a little silly, I guess, as an eighteen year old boy in in the mid two thousands using a hair straightener. Uh, now I don't think I would care, but I remember at the time being like, "This is this is a little strange." Man, I yeah. used to be. Uh, you guys know this, especially since we did that music episode. But I used to be pretty heavily into like metal and all that stuff, especially mm-hmm. you know all that. Iron Maiden, Megadeth, Metallica stuff, where all they do is you know stand around and tight leather jeans and wife beaters and bang their long wispy hair all over the place (laughs) and my hair is like super thick spaghetti hair i have like extremely thick hair and a lot of it but i still wanted long hair because i was a metalhead so i started growing it out and it just ended up looking like a lion it was like a huge mane that was growing around me it was like I don't know. It felt like a foot off my head in all directions going all around <laughs> me like a halo. It, it was ridiculous. So I, I, I guess I can't have super short hair and I can't have super long hair. That's the gist of it. Well, I, you you got to find the just right spot. Yeah. And once you reach a certain age, like that happens. And then like you just kind of have that haircut probably for the rest of your life, more <laughs> yeah, or less. Pretty much. For as long as you have hair, at least. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. A link to the past randomizer, right? That's probably why you're listening to this is because you want to hear us talk about that. Um, although I would love to continue hair chat. I'm tempted to just go through my, my Facebook and yeah, find same, a picture from that, 2006. I think we should probably really get to the episode. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so, but like I was saying, not a whole lot going on. So, uh, getting through the news here should be relatively quick. And then, um, I'm actually really excited to get into our feature today. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, let's briefly go down the news that we have here. So uh, the Challenge Cup uh, game three was Saturday night. And congratulations to Late Bit on winning the Challenge Cup. So uh, congratulations. It's, uh, you know, it was a, a good tournament. Um, Bronze went to Fant. So uh, that is how the Challenge Cup uh, shook out. So we'll, we'll post the challenge so you can see that. Uh, in its finality, but uh, congrats to Ridley Dragon and the team for another successful Challenge Cup. Uh, and then we have some other tournaments. Uh, we have the Pilot Spoiler, and I did want to just take a moment to check in on that because Dante, of course, is a participant. So, Dante, how's it been going? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> we are, Little Finn and myself are currently two and one. Uh, we had an interesting game two uh, 
where we took our loss against uh, 2C and Will WC because I basically dipped into Misery Mire four times uh, due to uh, forgetting <laughs> forgetting bombs. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Bombs are ripping. It's really easy again, to I'm, do in a pilot I wonder, spoiler. I wonder where we've heard me forgetting bombs before. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was actually really funny. I need to find the clip. Well, we, we, we forfeited pretty <clears throat> right before they finished just because we we knew we were going to lose. So what what happened was I forgot bombs. We went, got bombs, came back in, and then I was near the back and I mirrored. So basically that was uh, another quad, you know, it, it turned into a quad dip of Meyer. It was great. Um, wow. So what I did, I marked everything as done on my tracker, and then I just clipped into GT and started climbing <laughs> GT. And it, it was perfect because, you know, the, the pilots are allowed to watch the... Uh, the opponent, but the runners aren't. So oh, right. Will knew that they had a lead, um, and basically had minimized my stream as I was coming to the mountain to do Turtle Rock. And then I clipped into GT, and he pulled it up, <laughs> and you could just hear on TC stream at one point, like he goes, "What the heck? They're still they're already in GT." And then, like you know, you get to Ganon, and you can't damage him in Phase Four. And I'm like, "All right, well, we're just gonna forfeit right here now because you know we broke, we broke the rules anyway." Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was a good time. They they were good sports about us being stupid. Uh, I'm, you know, if, if they would have been like, Oh, we're behind, we're going to forfeit. I would have made sure they, you know, got the win mm. because we, yeah. we totally like, you, I, that you was like, my uh, fault. Yeah. You like, <laughs> uh, ran your chances into the ground, so to speak, when you, when you made the decision to clip into GT. Yeah, it was like, this is us saying we lose like th- that was yeah. my concession of gg because i knew i knew they were watching like you can't do that in a race like a genuine race where you know everyone's not paying attention obviously to everyone else's stream like you know but when someone's watching you it's a it's a little funnier to uh to do um you know and in good fun at least yeah so herf has just posted a picture of himself uh at a younger age guess the year guess the guess the year Mm -hmm. Um, can i guess can we guess the age and then try to guess the year sure yeah i mean comes out to the same basically but sure okay i'm gonna i'm gonna guess the age is 19 that's real close uh i was gonna say 20 so 2000 or so uh, it was in uh, July of 1999, and I was uh, I had just like turned 18 a month before. Heck yeah! Nice, looking good, and that's the like uh, buzz cut look. Yeah, that's the me being buzz cut. Oh, this I, excellent! Oh damn! All excellent. Right, well. So now we need to decide: Are we going to post these pictures? <laughs> like, are we going to let yeah, people listen? No. We, I kind of feel like we have. To now after I mean, after uh, describing them for so long, I don't know how cool I am with that picture specifically being out. And <laughs> oh boy! All right, well, I'll I'll work on herf, and uh, you can just check the episode description and see how well I did, whether that picture's there or not. Because uh, there'll probably be some of me before this episode's over. Let's just be honest. Uh, all right, and then the, the rest of the tournaments that have been going on, we have Cross Keys and HMG. Um, Cross keys will be into week four by the time that you hear this. And uh, HMG is um, in brackets, I believe right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they are uh, chugging along. Not, not, you know, as, as you know, when, when the tournaments are in brackets, we don't necessarily like dig into all those, but we will come back uh, when they're nearing the end and tell you all about it. Uh, okay. GMP community updates. 
So the mentor tournament, it is almost bracket time. Uh, and as you know, we have four brackets in the mentor tournament that we name after the swords. So we have a gold sword, tempered sword, master sword and fighters. Gold sword is kind of like the top. The ones with the highest uh, and best Swiss records will uh, filter into that one. Um, and then it moves down from there. So obviously at the end of a Swiss, uh, we have a lot of uh, tie records. And we've talked about this in the past before. Uh, but people who really start asking right now who are in the mentor tournament, well, how do I know if I have the same record? as this person, uh, how come they made the gold bracket and I made the tempered sword bracket? Uh, and the answer is we do have a method that we use to figure all of that out. It is on our rules page for the tournament. Uh, and we're also going to put out an announcement uh, here pretty soon. Um, or actually, it's probably already been out by the time you hear this uh, that kind of describes the process and hopefully answers any questions that you have. But it uses a combination of your uh, finish time, uh, who else has played, who else. There's something called like a Buchholz number or something. I don't know. There's a whole process. Uh, but this was dealt with in detail last year and is another thing that we've used to improve this year is having all of that ready to go and well-defined before we started the tournament. So I feel very confident that uh, um, we'll we'll be able to handle handle that as an admin team. And then, yeah, we'll be into brackets. Mentors go away. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get a lot of them like on commentary for restreams and things like that. And uh, we'll we'll figure out who our who our champions are of our four brackets. So it, it's coming up. Get ready. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Oh, and I did want to mention right now. So we have had some drops. That's always going to happen. It's natural. Um, anytime you have a group of 64 people that have to do something like once a week like this, you know, it's there's the things are going to come up. It's it's life. We've only had three racers drop last year. By this time, we had six racers drop. So we're I think we're doing really good in that aspect. Um, in terms of how we're going to handle the drop when we get to brackets, we're still kind of working on that. If we want to do, you know, like have the fighter sword bracket, have 13 people in it, or if we want, you know, tempered master and fighters to have 15 each, you know, we're, we're still kind of working on how we want to do all that. So stay tuned. We'll have an announcement for you. All right. The biweekly seed. So last time, of course, we released the open seven, seven defeat Ganon, you know, uh, normal kind of seed. Uh, but the idea was we wanted people to uh, use this as an opportunity to play rando quest. And if they did that, they would enter 216 as their uh, number when they enter into our, you know, biweekly seed uh, leaderboard that we have. So I am scrolling to look to see if anyone has done this. Did anyone play and report their times? No, they're all regular times. Well, I don't know if anyone played it. Yeah, let's uh, let's be real here. Uh, you released a. Oh, no. So we did release the spoiler log. OK, I didn't know if we released the actual spoiler log with it. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Well. Never mind. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so it takes a commitment, especially if you it do does. it by yourself. Um, yeah, to do the rando quest thing. So I'm, I'm not too, I'm not too surprised. Um, you know, we've only had what, two weeks. There's been a lot of side tournaments going on. So yeah. not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I do know a few people have, uh, we started a new rando quest channel in, um, our discord just cause I was desperate to talk more rules and hear people's, you know, reports of playing it. And I have heard back from some people who have played it, have given it a try, had some feedback and, uh, also some, from some folks who were planning on giving it a try the next time they got together with their you know group, uh, friend group to play it. So, um, I'm still definitely down to talk about it. If anyone wants to pop in, give it a shot. Uh, let me know how your experiences go. 
Um, I was trying to get a game going last night, actually, and it kind of fell through. But I did get a group of friends who don't really know anything about A Link to the Past Randomizer to commit to giving it a shot. And I think I can do that if I'm just really descriptive about like, okay, you can go to, you can go over here. This green dot actually has five chests, but it's going to be a kind of a difficult combat check. Or you can go over here uh, to this area, but it's kind of out of the way. So I'm going to give you one point penalty and just kind of describe everything that's happening uh, so that they don't need as much ALTTPR knowledge to, to keep up. Yeah, so I think kind yeah, of we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everybody, Tuesday Timp here. I know you haven't heard from me in a while. The reason is I just switched to using Audition to edit these episodes after using Audacity for like 77 episodes. So the last one I switched over. I'm still kind of getting the hang of things, so I'm not super adventurous with sound design just yet. Uh, but just hang on, I'll, I'll do something. I'll do more fun stuff. I, I could probably do something fun right here. Let's Let's see. Okay, hopefully I found something fun to do there. I wanted to pop in real quick because right after I finished uh, recording this podcast last Saturday and lamenting about nobody playing Rando Quest, Leoria and Kaysden went live with a playthrough where Kaysden was GMing and Leoria was running and I got to watch a little bit of it live and I watched the VOD of the rest of it, but it was super fun and I just wanted to shout that out. I'll put a link in the description so that folks can check it out because it really is, a, it's, a, it's a super fun game to spectate for whatever reason. So. Thank you to the two of you. Uh, and then everyone, if you're interested in hearing more Rando Quest, uh, you can check out them playing it. All right, back to the episode. Uh, for the bi-weekly seed for episode 78, I don't know if we really have the luxury of being able to tie in our feature uh, this time. Do you guys have any requests, anything in particular that we should throw out? I mean, to tie it kind of in with our feature, we're talking about, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but our topic today is, as you can probably see in the episode name, uh, top 10 tricks worth ignoring. So we'll, we'll have to think of something worth ignoring or something useless or stupid, maybe swordless. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, Dante, did you hear what he just said? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I heard him. <laughs> um hmm so you you think we should pick a mode worth ignoring yeah that's, i mean you know that would tie it in in a way but what's okay. really what really is a mode worth ignoring retro i was thinking that or inverted like pure or, inverted uh, like the inverted entrance and stuff like that that's a lot better to play than just normal inverted i feel like I I'm kind of feeling a retro because retro is definitely accessible for someone who normally just does like open seven, seven because the logic is all the same. But uh, as a quick refresher, you have um, you can buy keys. So you have to find certain shops that sell the keys. Um, and every time you shoot an arrow, it costs money. Um, it's that, it's definitely that it? the most ignored mode. I'd say. Oh, it is. Until retro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, am I forgetting anything about retro other than those two things? Um, I think there was something else that I'm not thinking of, but those yeah, you are buy small keys, rubies, buy, cost, or shooting arrows, the pick any caves, right? Yeah. yeah. Where you get like a hard container or something else. I, I forgot. I don't think yeah. I've ever really played a retro seat, to be honest. 
Yeah, let's do it. Let's we've, we've had a lot of really popular <laughs> seeds lately because we've done a lot of like very accessible modes. I think it's time to throw a curveball. Sure. Let's let's do a retro seed. Okay. Yeah, let's play something dumb. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. OK, let's uh, let's go ahead and play some flute. All right. So every summer uh, since 2019 that this podcast has been going, uh, we do an episode on top 10 tricks. So in 2019, we we tried to compile the top 10 tricks worth learning and we kind of debated it and discussed it on the show and we came out with a list, which I'll link in the description. Then in 2020, we decided to update that. And rather than us figuring it out on the show, we kind of crowdsourced it and asked the community and then compiled the list that way. And that one has kind of stood the test of time here in 2021. I think if we were to redo that, the results would be very, very similar because we haven't had any game breakers like Icebreaker or Diver Down or Harry Potter, things like that discovered in the last year. Yeah, but, I think we, we wouldn't yeah. really need to update the list of tricks so much. Uh, maybe the order would change because people would see them differently or have seen them used differently. Yeah, but there's definitely no new tricks that have come in, especially, as you said, no new tricks that make such a big difference. Right. And, you know, if things do shift one or two places up and down, it's still, you know, we've we've figured out the top 10. That's that's kind of enough. And I, and I feel good about that. What we can do, though, and what we've decided to do is we can still do a top 10 tricks episode. And, and you know, we could even do more of these in the future, but we don't always have to do the top 10 tricks worth learning. So what we decided to do this time is kind of the inverse of that. And we want to try to determine what are the top 10 tricks, especially what is the number one tricks that are worth ignoring that you just don't need to bother with uh, for kind of the inverse reasons that we wanted to figure out the top 10 tricks. So when we did that, we would consider things like how difficult is it to pull off? How much time will it save you if you learn it? Um, how uh, what was the last one? How much time will it save you if you learn it? Uh, how often does it come up? That's the last one. So we would assess kind of things in kind of those three categories and figure out uh, with all of those in mind how you should prioritize what you want to learn. We're still doing that, but now we're doing it in the inverse. So we have these three categories um, execution, which is how hard it is to pull off and whether or not it's like retriable um, obscurity, which is how often an occasion comes up to use it in a seed and helpfulness, which is if it comes up, you know, you have an opportunity and you do pull it off. How much time does it save you? So we're going to rate each of those uh, on a scale of one to ten. So like for execution, for instance, one would be like it's it's free. You can just basically do it with no you know, there's no difficulty whatsoever. A ten would be something that's like frame or pixel perfect, like for multiple inputs that like, that would be like the hardest execution you could possibly do. Uh, impossible, uh, something that like a task, uh, like task only trick, that would be like an eleven. And those are not being considered. Uh, so anything that like doesn't rate on this scale also we're not looking at or calling a glitch or a trick just to kind of you know narrow that down a little bit so what we have here is uh, uh dancy and i have kind of done a little bit of research over the week and we've assembled about 17 glitches and tricks in a list that we think are they they kind of fit these criteria of being ignorable so what the three of us are going to do right now 
is I think for I think we should start by looking through the list and find one that we all agree should definitely be here. And that'll be our, kind of our unanimous. And then we'll each go around uh, three times and we'll each pick one from the list that we want to put up for consideration for our top 10. That way we'll narrow this down from 17 to 10 and then we can actually do the rankings for each of the 10 and then we'll have our final list at the end of the episode. How's right. that sound? That works for me. Sure. Okay. All right. So, uh, does Ed, looking through this list that we have here, and by the way, the ones that don't make the top 10, will have an honorable mention. So you will hear all 17 of these. So don't worry that we're not talking about them all by name right now. But, uh, are there any that you guys see on this list that you think are just like obvious, like all three of us would want it? Well, it's kind of hard for me to think about because do I want to think about it in terms of which one do I think is like the most ignore worthy, like the most useless mm-hmm. one, so to speak? I think right? this needs to be one. Yeah, this needs to be one that you don't mind. Like you kind of want to use your picks to like champion the ones that you really you know, kind of believe in. So this should be one that's like a gimme so that we, you can use your three picks for what you want. Yeah, but the thing is, do I believe in them? Because I think the tricks are actually not that terrible and they might be good. Or do I believe in them because I think the they might be the worst? Yeah, we're making a bizarro list. So the number okay. one is going to be the least helpful trick right. in, in Rando. Okay. That, tils- that still technically counts as a trick and maybe has some reasoning for doing, but it's like super, super low. Is kind of what we're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, if I may, I would like to put forward uh, as the gimme um, before we all start nominating them by ourselves. Prize on the eyes. Yes, okay. that's a that's a fun trick, but I, I I'll agree. I forgot, I didn't know you had added that one, but uh, <laughs> definitely something. It, it's a really cool thing to see. No one is going to really utilize that in a race situation. So I, I yeah. agree. Okay. So that'll be our one gimme. And of course we will, uh, we will define these um, as once we get our top, top 10. So don't worry about that. Uh, okay. So let's start with, um, let's start with who wants to go first. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I'll nominate the bonk prize pre-grab. Mm, I think okay. that, that would have maybe also been a contender for me for the gimme, to be honest. Really? Yeah, just because, you know, it's cool and nice, but it's not really helpful or used ever. The only thing that I know about is, well, we'll get to it when we talk about it, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, I'm going to jump in here. I'll be I'll nominate myself to go next. And I have to grab just because I love that it's on here. Dante added this one. It just makes me laugh to think about every time pressing L or R to move through sand enemies. I am taking that and putting it as one of our uh, useless tricks for contention it here. Definitely is pretty useless <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. like, we, we'll talk about it more. But it's not as fast as it sounds like on paper. No, cool. Okay, uh, so we're back to uh, Herf. No, okay. it's Dancy, or, no, we're on Dancy. I'm sorry. I, I don't I'm get to do it. I don't get to no, do it. So if we're going go. off full on like useless. Um, man, it's tough. 
There's some real stinkers on yeah, here. LSD blind is completely uh, useless. That was going to be my next pick. Like, uh, okay, you swagged a little bit. Uh, but no, I've I've got a I've got a defense for LSD. No, so here's the thing: like you swag a little bit with it, but then chat Twitch chat like starts to cancel culture you because you know there's too bright. <laughs> Hot take. I mean, All it right, is pretty um, bright. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I no I I almost removed it from the list for the earlier criteria I mentioned of like it has to register as somewhat helpful or else there's literally no point to ever doing it. And there is one tiny benefit that I think is worth, worth okay. discussing. All right. so. Cool. Okay. Herf, you're up. Uh, I guess I'll go for the lamp control. Samaria bounce. Mm. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. I'm glad that we're including that. It's great. Okay. We've actually, we've talked about that one a few times on the podcast. Yeah. So. I sort of sort of get that these other some of these other ones, honestly, I, we have to kind of learn them real quick and it won't take long because I have links to all of the uh, um, ALTTPR wiki pages. So um, cool. OK, next up, I am actually going to do one. I don't know if this really is the most useless, but I want to discuss it uh, like, you know, I, I want to rank it and see where it comes out on this list. And that is learning the Aga one darkroom. Okay. Because you always hear people say, you know, that. Uh, well, God, we'll we'll get into it. We'll we'll get into it. But that's my pick. All right. Well, I guess we're we're at me, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Mm, man. So like, uh, it's tough. Um, I, I'll go with uh, killing all our armos knights without any of them moving from their starting point. <laughs> that's that's. I couldn't find. I couldn't find a page on this, so you're going to have to explain a little bit. I can bit explain it um, when we get to it, but as far as like okay. being useful, well, so what kind of, you know, we got some topics on here and we may like, we'll have the honorable mention section, I guess, but like they're, they're, they're good for niche scenarios and I think they're worth learning, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. And I think even though this list is kind of for fun and just uh, sort of a, an experiment, it, it could actually serve a little bit of purpose. I think things that end up being sort of high, like number 10, number nine, number eight, there probably is a little bit of merit to learning some of these. So we'll, we'll figure that out for sure. Um, who is next? Uh, I am, I think. Mm, All right. I'm, I'm having to decide. I think I'll go for the extended auto stairs. I think there there is like a very niche use there, as was all of them, as you said, but it's not super useful. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, very interesting. All right, I'm up next. This is my final one. Um, mostly just it, because it's getting a little mm-hmm. hard now. Like I was already having a hard time choosing the last one, so. It is um, mostly just because I want to discuss it. Uh, I am going to grab sank and quit as a useless one. Oh, my God. OK, I'm I, I, mm, OK. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm genuinely excited to hear you explain to me when I should use sank and quit because I have no idea. I've never seen anybody do it. I've never done it. I've never felt like I needed to do it. So looking forward to that. All one. right, cool. 
Uh, I mean, it's it, it's a gimme. Honestly, there's there's two here that are gimmies, uh, and I'll I'll go with uh, Armo Shake Storage as something <laughs> like to to this day, no one has used that, uh, you know, and actually benefited from it. <laughs> I didn't even know it existed until I was, you know, basically we, we talked on about it when it when we discussed it on the like the council and like legalized it, and we you know mm-hmm. talked about it on the podcast and. Uh, I think if you go back in time, there's a quote of me saying, I think multiple runners said that we have already discussed it more than it will ever be used before the heat death of the universe, because <laughs> that is just it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we can figure out the the situation by which, it, you know, in which it's useful on this on this episode. OK, so. The 10 that we're going to be ranking on our three categories are prize on the eyes, bonk prize pre-grab, pressing LRR to move through sand enemies, LSD blind, lamp controlled Samaria bounce, Aga one dark room, Armos kill without the moving, extended auto stairs, aka pog clip, sank and quit, and Armos shake storage. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and start ranking. So uh, first off is prize on the eyes, and this is execution. How hard is this to pull off? First, let's do it. Actually, uh, Dancy, if you wouldn't mind, give us a quick description. You could just probably read right off of the um, the wiki. Yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> the the easiest way, I guess, to to put this is uh, you you want to stun and kill the the yellow zoles or the slimes uh, that fall in the the like I guess the pre stairs room right before Viddy. Um, you know, when the, the third spooky room is probably the best way to put it. Uh and then after you kill them from being stunned, you would leave the uh the stun prize on the ground. And while it's left on the ground, you transition through the stairs. And then while that's happening, uh you just go fight Viddy like you normally do. And then Viddy will Viddy's eyes will then start dropping more um, of the stun prize. That's kind of the short version of that. So when each eye dies, does it drop the stun prize or does, do you get one or multiple? It uh, like, kind of depends, I guess. Yeah. I, from what, you know, the gifts that show uh, it's a very much, I think maybe it's still a, the eyes are a 50, 50 uh, drop. You know, there's uh, quite a few eyes. I think there's nine. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the gift that's shown here, I think shout outs to Trinex for getting the gift of this. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Back when he was on council and like put helping put this wiki together uh, that, uh, you know, there's like maybe like six that drop or something out of the nine. Uh, actually, I think it's even less than that, like five. So. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's still 50 50 drop, I would assume. Mm-hmm. According to um, the entry here, it corresponds to how many stun prizes you leave on the floor. So if okay, you leave more of them on the floor, more of the eyes will start dropping stun prizes. I don't know if that just means you have a greater chance of getting them or just more eyes have them or what exactly it means. But apparently more prizes equals more drops later on. So all right, yeah. I'm going to talk about why this is useless. All right. Yeah, I'm, um, re- I'm ready to, to adjudicate. because. If you needed what was being dropped, uh, you should have picked it up when you, <laughs> you killed the slimes. Like, 
Uh, that, that's the mic drop moment. Like if it, <laughs> it I just, so, I don't, I don't see a use for it. The only yeah. thing I can see is in one of those gifs on the wiki, which uh, shows a drop in arrows and it can be helpful. I guess if you're a super bad shot and uh, you miss everything and you need an arrow refill during the fight. But that's like literally the only thing. Maybe a heart refill could be helpful or something, or if it's fairies. Yeah, fairies, I guess I could see like if you're just very, very bad and you know that you're going to lose a lot of life and you want to be able to get a potential fairy refill every time you kill one of these guys, <sighs> I guess. But then it just begs the like if you if your knowledge of this game is that strong, how are you not better at Vitreous? You well, know, like it's just I don't think yeah. it, that's a knowledge play. I think that's a, so like like Herf said, if. You know, if you are big brain enough to remember to do this, uh, also to set up the I mean, it takes a little bit of time. You got to wait for these little dudes to drop everywhere and then you got to stun them all near each other and kill them. I mean, there's a high. I mean, there's definitely the chance you've got a flute unless you're playing like inverted or entrance. So you could have went and bought a potion. I'm pretty sure you've got one bottle by now, like nine out of ten times. So, yeah. you know, you, so, you can buy yeah. a potion for it. The arrows are literally the only thing I think that could be useful for this. And when I say that it that is just super highly dependent on, hey, is my st- what's my stun prize? You know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let, sure. Let's get into our let's get into our categories here. So execution. How hard is it to pull this off? Um, I would say you have to know what the stun prize is, which takes a little bit of uh, memory. Uh, But in terms of getting the enemies together and then killing them all and then letting them drop their prize and then walking away, that seems pretty easy. So I would probably give this on an execution, maybe like a a four. Really? I would give this like a one, maybe a two if we're being generous. Big same. Yeah, I think we should be generous. I, I think you're going to find there are things that are even easier than doing that that are on well, this I list. Think so I'm trying to leave a little room. Could be a one. Like, are yeah, we rating exactly. these one to ten? Like, and you can't reuse the number? Is that how you want to do no. this? No, no, no. I didn't know. That's not necessarily. But you do bring up a good point. We should rank, rank these against all glitches, not just the ones that are on the list right now. Okay, yeah, I'm good with the two uh, by kind of going by that obscurity. So you do fight Vitreous a fair amount of the time in seeds, but I think we also have to count how often is your stun prize something that's actually helpful. Um, so this is another one that's going to rank pretty low, I think. Uh, well, we, um, what exactly do you mean by obscurity? I thought you meant how well known is the glitch itself by the community at large. No, the obscurity is more meant to be how often does an opportunity to do this even present itself during a race? Oh, it, right. the opportunity is every freaking time, as long as you got a boomerang <laughs> or a as long as boomerang you have to kill Viddy. As long as I would disagree with that. It's only but then uh, so obscurity and helpfulness are kind of tied together in, in, a, in a way, because uh, I would argue that, that in order for this glitch to be helpful at all, your stun prize needs to be either like fairies or arrows, maybe hearts. And that is part of the obscurity. Like you don't get a, that as your stun prize all the time. So it's, you wouldn't do this glitch otherwise. So I think it's low. It's kind of low on the obscurity, maybe like a three. I, yeah. when i say when i hear obscurity i'm just i'm I'm gonna say this so i can like try to get it out of my head but i think about how much you see it 
like how obscure is it? And I say that in the sense of how often do you see a runner pull this off in a race? Not like the opportunity to, but how often do you see it? So do you want, do you want to change this to opportunity? Cause I honestly, I don't think it's that helpful to know how obscure it is. I don't care if other people do it or not. If it's helpful, I'm going to do it. You can. Okay. So if you want to put like opportunity, like to do it, then sure. We'll go with that. Um, yeah, we'll just change it to, and it even still starts with a no. So, all right, (laughs) cool. cool. Uh, we do into heos, the helpfulness, execution and opportunity. Um, right. But so yeah, three in terms of how often it comes up and is helpful. I mean, I, I mean, if we, if, we, if we really go by only arrows being useful, then it's probably a two at best. Yeah. Well, I think fairies also and hearts are arguably helpful as well. Um, I, I, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say three again, because we're going to find there's some really useless garbage on this list. And, you know, I, I think there are other there's more room there at the bottom. To okay. get to, to allow. So all right. All right. I think three for that helpfulness. Now, I think this has to be pretty low because, again, like to Dante, you put it perfectly. If you needed those things, you should have just picked them up before you went into the room. And there are very few things that are actually going to be helpful during the fight that wouldn't be helpful before the fight. So this mm, maybe a two. I, I'm going to yeah. say a one because you still got to mm. kill the things to to get it like and that would give us a nice one, two, three. And if I mean, I say this with love. Uh, if you need uh, if you need this, um, like if you need all this, then it's going to end up where you're going to end up maybe dying before you you get your your useful yeah. item. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very true. Like, uh, that's um, the lovingest yeah. way I can put it. <laughs> yeah, I, I still I, I think we got to go two on this. So, so execution two, opportunity three, helpfulness two. I mean, that's real. That's a terrible score. It is, but deservedly so, I think. Right, right. No, yeah, I, I think you know. And if we feel, I think at the end we'll come back and do a general look over this and see if anything seems wrong after we've done several of these. Uh, so none of this is written in stone just just quite yet. But I do think we should probably pick up the pace a little bit if we want to get through oh. 10 of these. <laughs> OK, <laughs> so. I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. OK, so um, all right. Next up. Next yeah. one's my pick. So I'll explain this one. Uh, bond price pre-grab. Basically, I think I've talked about this uh, in some episode because I talked about the tree that's in front of the pyramid in the dark world. If you mm-hmm. dash into it with your uh, if you item dash into it with your um net with your bug net out you'll instantly catch the fairy that comes out of that tree usually and you won't have to run around and try to catch it and you know she she won't fly to places where you can pick it up and stuff like that so yeah that is essentially what the bonk price pre-grab is more or less there's a couple more ways to use it and a couple more places to use it i guess but i think overall you know meh, usefulness debatable uh the execution I would rate this probably the same as the prize on the eyes of like a two, because all you have to do is like item dash into something, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so, I would agree. I think I think two is I, I could get behind that. OK, so we'll, we'll put a two there. Bam. And then the opportunity to be helpful. Mm, I mean, that's kind of debatable. I think that it's definitely higher than the prize on the eyes thing, because at least, you know, that the 
prize that you want to pre-grab is always going to be there. You're not relying on your stun prize and stuff like that, right? And yeah, so this, you know, things are in there are bonk prizes for certain things in the game every time. And there are reasons for you to be in the vicinity of those things. Mm -hmm. So it makes it is something you could do a lot of the time. So I think this is one where we do have to kind of give it a, a high score for opportunity. It, the, the opportunity to do this does present itself pretty frequently in, in most seeds. Yeah. Assuming you have uh, the boots. <laughs> right. Yeah. So really boots, boots is like the only thing. And like, are you in the area of a place yeah. that reliably gives off, you know, say like a ferry or, mm -hmm. or bombs or whatever. Um, so opportunity, I, I would, I would maybe assert that this would be like a six. Yeah, I'd be fine with a with a with a six, maybe even a seven, okay. a six yeah. or a nine. <laughs> Come on, take this seriously, Dante. Jeez, I mean, I'll say a six. Opportunity six. Uh, okay, I'll we'll, we'll get the nice triple sixes going. Let's go. Um, okay, and then helpfulness. So this one is definitely debatable. Uh, I, the, the thing that I can see is like you save yourself the risk of a fairy flying really far away and you having to go chase it and maybe dying on your way to go get it. Um, I mean, essentially what it comes down to, if you want to look at it in a more, you know, overview kind of way is you save yourself a very little amount of time, no matter what the prize is, you grab it a little earlier than you would normally be able to grab it. It's not like 10 seconds but it isn't like four frames either it's like i don't know a second that you're saving honestly i think helpfulness has to be like i, I think i'm ready to pop my first one on this unless somebody can talk me out of it oh really a one i just i like interesting. what's the point like why well there's also oh you, you also have to consider um i mean quick swap makes this a little bit easier but switching the items uh to to go from the hook shot uh to to be able to activate it well the is thing is this that, well this is how i'm thinking about it anyways if the opportunity presents itself and you plan on getting whatever the bomb price might be anyway like if your plan is to get that bomb price because you need the bombs or you need the fairy or you want to catch a fairy in a bottle what whatever it might be you might as well go for it and save that time and it yeah. is helpful in that way and that's why i would have rated it like a maybe a three or a four. Mm, so okay. that's like how I'm thinking about it. But you know, that's just where I'm like, well, it's not the most important thing to learn for sure. Like it's not even close, but if you're already planning to grab the bonk price and you have the chance to execute this glitch or this bonk price pre grab, grab trick, then you might as well do it. And in that way, it's like almost always helpful when you want to get the bond price. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dancy, where do you, where do you stand? Uh, How would you rank it? <sighs> have you ever used this? Just no, out of curiosity. I haven't. Okay. Like I will, <laughs> for a fairy, I will go for it if I want it. Like I'll bonk it. And if it gets away, then I just suck. Like that's just life. You know, yeah, like I, I rolled, I, a, I had a bad dice roll with it. Um, you know, maybe in a spoiler race, I could think about going for this if, if, if it's tight and I know I can't really afford to take a death and I've got a small lead. I don't know. Like, I, I cannot <laughs> I say, think of a time I where I want to waste the time <laughs> to set this up when I'm probably going to be able to get that ferry anyway. Like, <laughs> right. 
Yeah, that's Herb, fair. it sounds like you're gonna you're gonna white knight for this. No, not a really bit. white knight. I, I was just gonna <laughs> say I will say that I have used it on uh, like specifically that tree that I keep talking about uh, in right. front of the pyramid after an especially rough Ganon fight where my equipment wasn't very great. But I'm also not you know a main tournament winner or even anywhere close to being a competitive racer. So I wasn't looking to you know win a race. I was just looking to survive the seed and get that friggin' Ganon fight over with. Sure. Yeah. If you're trying yeah, to survive, again, it's I would, useful. Yeah. And I would argue, you know, the fact that you knew that the fairy is there is what was really, you know, what helped you. But did the pre bonk, uh, the bonk prize pre grab actually, you know, was that what was really helpful to you? Well, and that is, yeah. Yeah. Debatable. I mean, I guess you can argue about that, but I feel like you can argue about the that for a lot of glitches. Like, is the effect of the glitch helpful or is the result of what you get because of the glitch helpful oof right so that we can't we can't yeah you, <laughs> we, you can argue about that with any glitch so i don't think yeah. you can really look at it like that okay can it we was? give this a helpfulness of two <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Well, okay two all right um okay so the next one we're going to look at pressing l or r to move through sand enemies so this is kind of one of those like little known factoids about this game it's not a glitch at all it's a, it's intended i believe so yeah, they uh the you you can for some reason L and R don't do anything in the vanilla, you know, 1991 a link to the past, except for uh actually I, I take that back. I think when you're on the map screen, you can press L or R and it toggles between like the zoom in and zoom out thing. So that's one thing. But then oh, another yeah. thing for some weird reason is whenever you walk over those sand lions that are in Desert Palace, if you toggle L and R, you walk just a tiny bit faster through that no 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 uh, not faster at all like at oh, all right, right 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 yeah so normally you know if you try to walk you're just completely stuck into the ground but one way that you can get a little bit of motion is by tapping l and r and then you link will move or your sprite will move so, just a tiny very slowly through the, the tiny bit all right I'm, I'm gonna throw this out there for you tim because i know you were like wait that's a thing like you have to spam the crap out of it so like all right let's say the, the perfect form for me for doing this is like I've got my left thumb on my D-pad and I've got my right thumb and pinky extended while I've got my other three fingers kind of tucked over and I'm rocking my thumb and my pinky over L and R back and forth, back and forth, fast as I can. You won't even get about halfway through the guy like. It, it's and the whole animation lasts, I don't know, like seven, eight seconds, maybe before before it goes back into the ground and you're able to move again. And depending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And depending on your health, you're going to take at least one or two hits. And from what I understand, they'll do a whole lot of damage. So it's not that big a deal. But I'm here. Hit, you know, if if there's ever an opportunity for that to happen and you didn't have a weapon to kill the guy and you were in desert, because that's like what the only place then. Yep. Uh, you know, if you lose a race to this, I, I, I will take that L every day. Like if, <laughs> if it was that close, that that would have saved me time, you know, by being halfway through the enemy and taking damage, you know, and my opponent edged me out in a VOD review because of that, then like I will take that. That is the one thing well where I won't, uh, I guess, uh, you know, stress about oh i had to wait for the enemy i couldn't walk through him like i stress about everything in a race that's i'm not stressing about that (laughs) 
Wow, that says a lot, honestly. Um, okay, so execution. This is sort of tough uh, because technically it's extremely easy to just tap, you know, your L and R buttons or whatever on your controller. But to hear you say it, and and yeah, I, this is true. I, I have known about this glitch for quite a while, but every time I try it, it's like, uh, did it did it work? Did I not do it right? And it's like over, and I'm like, God, oh, whatever. Uh, so. And that kind of makes me want to put the execution as pretty high because you have to tap so fast to get any sort of benefit whatsoever out of it. Um, yeah, but that's not really execution, is it? No, it's, it's well execution to give you a benefit because like to just do it is one thing, but to do it so well that it actually does save you some time. Well, now we're is something we're incorporating different. helpfulness if we're execution for well, they're benefit. all connected dante they're all connected this is all part of the oh yeah it's, it's, it's heo heo okay all right yeah so i don't know uh, what do you guys think where, I mean, where, how what, would you rate what, it what do you want to give it for execution then i mean i was thinking maybe like a seven if you have to tap that fast to be able to get any use out of it then that's the execution uh cost all right Herf, what you got i mean <laughs> It's, uh, I guess if you want to look at it like that, I just think of execution differently than, you know, I don't think being able to tap L and R so fast, they can move through the whole sand line is good execution. So what's your number? Dante, what would you have said? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I know you want to say like a one because it's easy to just hit L and R. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, yeah, I got it. Like I've already made my. I'm at a zero point one. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, because like you just hit the on the R button. It's not even hard. You, it's like you're like, not. It's like you're not listening to me. I, 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 I know that you just. But you can get a benefit from just barely hitting L and R, and I'm trying to get so far away from this mic because I'm yelling about it. But like, <laughs> you literally press L and R. Like it. It's not hovering. It's, it's there's no timing to it. It's you just press L and R. It's it's do it quickly. Like I mean, you okay. know, if you want, get a massage gun and have it here and like slam in your. You can put you can put your. I don't care. You can put your seven. Right. We can average them. Get no, a massage gun and slam the L. I, I I refuse to die on this hill. I don't care enough. It's a one. We're moving on. Pressing L and R to move through sand enemies. Opportunity. I would say every time you go to desert palace and you don't have a sword is the time when you can use this because if you have yeah. a sword and it, hopefully we can all agree on this one slash of the fighter sword is way <laughs> yeah, faster than trying so. to walk through this okay okay good so yeah opportunity is actually somewhat low because it's only swordless desert is when this comes up so let's say like a three and remember opportunity this helps to prioritize how much worth your time it could be theoretically to learn it mm -hmm. uh, because something that comes up a lot is m more worth learning than something that only comes up one in every like 200 seats yeah so this i think this has to be maybe like like a four yeah i was thinking three or four as well just because i'll, I'll, I'll give like, it a four because okay. you know feels good to agree on things <laughs> all right what about helpfulness this this is i mean this has to be low as hell right yeah that's like zero <laughs> yeah I, I mean one is as low as we go on this so we'll give it a one for helpfulness that one is pretty bad we haven't talked about are we going to like average these together or i don't know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it but we have our raw data at least for Perfect. that yeah Cool. All right. Moving on. LSD blind. Uh, Dante, this was yours. Do you want to just briefly explain what it is and what it does? 
Dude, I've never used this. Um, <laughs> of course. Oh, none of us have ever used any of these, I don't think, but. All right. So you dash into the room and you press select right before the maiden reaches the light. And she'll slide into the light and the room becomes a big discotheque. Um, colors get really bright if you did it right. Uh, sometimes there's the pixelated version. Um, and uh, it looks really blurry the whole fight, which isn't as bright. Uh, and there's also <clears throat> an example of uh, I, I think of hitting the map button instead. And that causes the, the shadow to come around Link like he's praying in front of desert. And then it goes away and then the fight continues as normal. Um, so essentially it looks like it's just a graphical glitch. It just makes the screen look weird and haha, it's funny for swag and memes and stuff. But there is one benefit and that is uh, that the boss door doesn't close when you use this glitch. So if Thieves Town ends up just being a useless pendant and you were just looking for the item, you can just walk out of the room uh, without getting the prize so that you don't have to wait for the whole you know fanfare that lasts like 10 or 15 seconds. So that is why I even included it on the list is because technically it does have that tiny little benefit that you may or well, you, you won't need or use ever, yeah. but it does exist. Mm. And so and let me correct myself. Uh, the pixelated version is where you have to uh, use the mirror right before the maiden gets into place, not the select button. So I, I, my, my apologies for saying that wrong initially, but that is the way of doing that. So the thing that combines all of these is uh, when you activate certain items or game elements like the map or select during blinds transition, it makes weird stuff happen. Yeah. So that's all, that's all these. And they're mostly graphical. But again, there is that boss door. Thing. This is the so. this is the where the famous saying I say famous. It's overused, but it's very true is that the, the game of Link to the Past cannot walk and breathe at the same time. Like you can't do two <laughs> things at the same time. Yeah. Um, so execution, uh, it's not hard to, it doesn't look like there's like a very tight window to do this, right? Mm, I'm not sure. I mean, it depends. I would rate it maybe like a two or a three. Okay. Because at least you have to kind of time it right. And especially with the mirror, I assume if you do it way too early, it'll just mirror out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm okay with like, uh, we'll give it a three. Sure. Oh yeah. It would really suck to mirror out. That would be the worst uh opportunity okay this has got to be a one um because again you know it's not just every time you fight blind it's every time that you fight blind and it's a pendant and there's a item on the boss and uh what you it would also have to be the times when you don't have the mirror right because otherwise you could just mirror out of the boss room no you mean like no you can't mirror out of a boss room after you've collected a prize uh yeah. the only thing you can do okay. is save and quit so like, gotcha. like, you know, if you're one item from go mode, like the opportunity of that would be, all right, I'm gonna collect the item. If I know pads dead and it's a blue or red pendant, then you save and quit, especially if you're going to, you know, go somewhere else with the flute really quick or something. Um, it's not useful if you need to keep checking things around the dungeon. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I add, this has to be a one. There's just no mm -hmm. way around it. And this is the first one we've given out for opportunity. Um, and helpfulness, like how much time do you really let's say the situation does come up where blind is a pendant and you pet is dead and you need the item, but not the pendant. Um, 
is how much time do you really save by being able to do this versus just the save and quit? I think this has got to be pretty low as well, especially since you're also foregoing the refill that you're getting, which might be helpful, you know. Oh, true. You might just walk out there, but you're down to like one heart and no magic or whatever. I I would be willing to give this like a two rather than a one, though. Yeah, it seems crazy. I'm fine with the two. I mean, it's it's still really low on a scale of 10. So, you know, right. Yeah, yeah all, all of our helpfulness is our ones and twos. So a caveat far. of that is I'm not sure if the mirror still works. Like if you beat blind and collect the prize and then you walk out of the door, like it's it's not useful at all. Like it's a one in my mind. If I if I don't have a mirror, like at that point, I'd rather either collect the thing that's going to be faster than walking out. Um, if mirror works, then, you know, it's also still pretty low. But, you know, it. Yeah, it it's, really, it's low. It, like it's it's low but it like if you as i I don't know tim was saying i think if you or you were saying if you want to still or if you still have to check stuff that's around thieves town i suppose yeah then that's like the only time it will be helpful yeah that was fancy yeah okay so honestly that's it's a little high it ranked a little bit higher than i thought it would uh in in some weird ways but uh that's that's lsd blind so we'll have to come back and see where that fits overall when we're done all right lamp controlled samaria bounce um was this hers yeah okay all right briefly uh so we've we've talked about this one on the podcast before actually once once or twice but give us a brief reminder of what this is yeah we have like um so the example that's usually used and that's also in the gif on the wiki is in the roller in the crystal roller room or in the compass room of uh, turtle rock i think is this mm-hmm. um where there's a chest on the left side and on the right side you have a roller rolling from the left to the right and uh, you put down a Samaria block and you pick it up and you throw it. Uh, and then after you throw it or before you throw it, you switch to the lamp. And then after you throw it, uh, you quickly use the lamp and it'll make the Samaria block bounce on the ground. Uh, you have to time it a little bit. I, I personally have no idea how tight the timing is. But um, the, the yeah. usefulness of this example specifically is that the block will bounce far enough to when you explode it it'll hit the crystal switch and let you walk out of that room to the key door at the top yeah so um i i have done this before in practice i think just to like uh, like for the ancilla um Mm -hmm. episode i think i like practiced it just to see if it was possible if I could do it and I could, I would argue you really are not going to be able to pull this off in a race unless you have done it before in practice or like in a multi world or just messing around or something. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, I think the execution probably should be, should take that into consideration. Uh, I don't think that window is super tight like you were talking about, but again, no one's just going to like remember that they saw this during a race one time and busted out. You have to, you have to do it yourself at least once. Yeah. So I would probably give it like a, um, so far all of our execution has been really low for all of these. Uh, I, I would probably give it like a five. I'm cool with a five. Mm-hmm. It's definitely harder than pressing select at the right time for LSD. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that, that um, works out. Yeah. Now, opportunity, this has to be super low because not only is it, you know, again, it's not just when you're in TR, but it's when you're in TR and you were dumb enough to lock yourself in this little gate with the <laughs> crystal roller chest. 
which, you know, usually when that happens, you're lucky if you have the necessary elements to, to get yourself out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it maybe it too. Yeah, no, helps. no, I got, you know, because like, well, no, the helpfulness really should be. See, here's the thing. If you find yourself in this situation, knowing this glitch is extremely helpful because you don't have to mirror out of TR, but you have to really mess up pretty bad to be in this situation in the first place. So this is this is difficult. Yeah, if you've got boots, I mean, if if you've got boots, there is a way to put a block down and then position yourself where you're kind of in the block and then punt it by dashing into it and get yourself out of there. Like if we were ever to have Samaria balance be banned uh, because it's a weird, you know, Ancilla thing, then, uh, you know, it would definitely be better to know the boot setup. <clears throat> but then you'd be stuck mirroring yeah. if you did that without boots. So I don't know. It's- I think between opportunity and helpfulness, either one of them needs to be as low as it possibly goes, or they both need to be like a two. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I agree. I, I think I'm fine with both making both a two because it's really not much higher than that for either of those. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think a, a perfect one of these, uh, you know, like if we were to take like a good glitch and rate it on this, uh, a, a good one, like execution would be low and opportunity and helpfulness would both be really high. Yeah. So by this one, having a high execution and really low opportunity and helpfulness, it really illustrates the point that it is not a helpful glitch to learn or not a good glitch mm-hmm. to, to practice. Okay. All right. I feel good about that. Um, now let's look at Aga one dark room. So I think this one is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we've talked about dark rooms in the past. Uh, we've talked about Aga one in the past. This is just, um, if you don't have the lamp, but you want to beat Aga so that you can get your dark world access or get what's on the lumberjack, uh, item or, you know, whatever the lumberjack item is. Uh, so the idea is, you know, there's like, I think six screens that are dark something like that in uh, the Aga Tower. Some of them, uh, one of them is a maze. Uh, a couple of them are, you have to kill the enemies. Uh, or no, sorry, there's there's uh, one where there's a couple of quick enemies that are coming at you, so that can be a little difficult. Uh, and then the main thing that makes this really tough is the room with all the bottomless pits and the guards that uh, charge you when they, when they aggro. Uh, there, and then there is another one where you have to kill an enemy for a key. So there, there's a lot of tough stuff you have to do in the dark here. And what people normally say when they're wondering, you know, if you should learn it or not, is that it, it doesn't come up often enough to be helpful. But the reason I wanted to bring it up for consideration here and talk about it is because, you know, I probably played somewhere, you know, like a couple hundred seeds or something like that. There's probably been, I would say, like two times in those 200 or so seeds where I have said, I wish I knew Dark Aga. It does not come up very often at all, but occasionally there will be a situation where being able to sequence break Aga without having the lamp could actually be helpful. It, it doesn't, doesn't I, I can't even remember the specifics. I wish I could, but it was a situation where it actually would have made a lot of sense to do. So for that reason, um, just jumping ahead a little bit, I guess if we want to look at uh, opportunity, it has to be low, but I think helpfulness when it happens, when you are able to do it has to be pretty high because there are situations where it is absolutely a benefit to be able to do this. 
Yeah, well, so I'm going to say one for opportunity. And just to finish out this thought, I'm going to suggest a one for opportunity and like a six for helpfulness. So is the criteria for this that you have to do the entirety of the dark room or you're playing key sanity and you want to get that second item? Oh, good question. I think the entirety is well, the entirety is what I had thought of. But you do raise a good point that even just learning half of this has its benefits, too. I mean, you know, the, if you learn the maze, like it's not hard to learn the first room. The maze is not hard either. Once you've done it a couple times, you know, if you got a sword, uh, you know, you run a risk while doing the sword because you'll, you'll attract the guards attention if you clink. Um, but like, especially for cross keys, I mean, that tournament's going on right now. That's if you've got one key and you're there, like if you're going in, it's, it's very useful, like very useful mm-hmm. to go ahead and get that second item, especially if you know that, like the lumberjack drop down is, um, you know, let's say you've got your moon pearl already, you know, and uh, you've got dark world access and like east dark world access. That's the more important one there in this situation. Like there's no reason for you to go kill Aga. So, you know, I, uh, you know, I think it's good to know getting that second item at least like that's super helpful in my mind. Mm hmm. Well, I think everything you're saying just illustrates the op- the fact that, you know, opportunity is super low, but there there is really, you know, uh, reason to to learn this. And it is the fact that when it does come up, it's it's really helpful. Yeah, I, I just I do think like I think the opportunity is higher if you include entrance. Uh, okay. if, if we're talking That's just it, it, my personal opinion and, you know, we can base it off open seven seven or, uh, you know, open key sanity or something. But like. Uh, in, in cross keys, especially or retrance, even, I think that the, the opportunity is very uh, middle ground. Like if you include the whole aspect of everything, so maybe like four or five, if I'm being honest, like that would be mm. my personal take. But if just open seven, seven, you know, uh, opportunity is like a one, like, cause that means gotcha. that would mean that you've got the boots and something super, super important to you is on lumberjack and you know it like say a flute or something and you don't want to wait for a lamp to show up in logic wherever that might be. Yeah. Well, with that argument in mind, I would be willing to bump the opportunity up a little uh, to kind of split the difference and maybe do um, like a three. Sure. I'll, I'll concede that. Okay. Now execution has to probably be pretty high. I would say, cause this is, I mean, one of the main reasons people, you know, in addition to not coming up that often is also that just like it's really hard. One of the reasons people don't don't I, usually take the time to learn it. I've got two answers for that. So if it's the entirety of getting back through to the lighted rooms again, like later on, then I'd say the execution's probably around like a, a six or a seven, um, mm-hmm. you know, just because it's not the most practiced thing. I think if people practiced it, the execution for them would be a lot lower. Uh, as far as just getting the second item execution in my mind is maybe a three at most. Okay. Yeah. Again, I think kind of splitting the difference because we, we do want to consider all modes to a certain extent. You know, I think most of our listenership is, is kind of right at home in the open seven, seven defeat cannon kind of world, but uh, it's not the only mode that exists. And some of these glitches are more useful in other modes or tricks or whatever you want to call them. Um, so execution. Yeah. I, I would say maybe like a 
you think like six would be fair? Because I, I do think that here's the other thing. If you're going to take the time to learn the first few rooms and you're like practicing, you probably will just learn the rest of it just because you're there. So it's almost like in for a penny, in for a pound. If you're going to take the time to do it, you'll probably learn it all. Yeah. So execution should be a little higher for that's my reasoning. At least the hard, the hard, only hard part of the, the only reason the Aga dark rooms are hard is because of the room with the pit. Like, right. There's no barrier for you to hit and you'll fall off. So you've got to know how to navigate that in the dark and it's unique. That's unique to Aga one's dungeon or whatever. Uh, so, you know, if I'll just go with like say execution, you know, we'll, we'll give it a six. If if we're talking about the entirety of all the dark rooms. Yeah. I think six as well. Mm-hmm. Or do you feel good with the six, three, six for execution? Yeah, opportunity that's, helpful that, that yeah. pretty much. You both pretty much covered what I had to say about it from both sides. So <laughs> perfect. Cool. All right. So uh, we've got four more here in our top 10. Uh, the next one is Armos kill without them moving. I'm not familiar with this one. Dante, I think you had added it. I mean, yeah, it's just like a, a thing, like a, a trick, if you want to call it that. So if you've ever noticed when you're shooting the Armos Knights or hitting them, when they're n- uh, when one of them's out of position, the rest of them do not start moving. Uh, it's pretty slow to do this, to be honest, but it works if you know you're not good at the quick kill, but you're better at this for some reason. Um, so basically the idea would be you always have to have one of them displaced before they start their circling animation. Uh, you would probably need to make sure you've got a way to kill each of them. I've only seen a few people do this and sometimes it's unintentional when they do it, but uh, you, you basically just have to keep killing them one at a time. But the other another one has to be displaced from its start point before you like kill the previous one, if that makes sense. Um, I see. So execution on this, like to be consistent at it, I'd probably give it a six. Uh, yeah, pretty, it sounds kind of complicated. kind of hard. Actually. It's, it is. I mean, it is hard. Uh, yeah. You know, if it, I, I can't think of a time where it's like opportunity for usefulness or helpfulness. Like I think both of those are in a one. Um, yeah. Like I think so too. I think mm-hmm. you should just do the fight, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a swag trick. I think is kind of what you would go with. Yeah. So if we're looking at glitches, uh, the most useful ones having high execution and low opportunity and helpfulness, this is our current front runner right now. <laughs> this this got a really high execution and the lowest opportunity and helpfulness you can possibly get. As long as we're all comfortable with this ranking, unless anyone wants to argue for slightly higher opportunity, helpfulness or lower execution. No, I think this is pretty this is pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, then moving on. Uh, so we have extended auto stairs, a.k.a. the pog clip, which we actually uh, highlighted um, not too. I think it was earlier this year in an episode. Um, but uh, Herf, do you want to remind us what pog clip is, and what it does? Yeah. So essentially you're extending the distance that Link climbs uh, those automatic stairs, automatic stairs like you see in the Beetle Room and Palace of Darkness, which is also usually where the example for this glitch comes from, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trick here is that uh, you walk up those automatic stairs, but since you're doing this glitch, you're getting a bit more extra distance and it shoves Link over those switch blocks, over those orange or red or whatever the color is, switch blocks, yeah. without having to actually hit the crystal switch. 
Uh, right. So I suppose it can save you a little bit of time or it can be a little bit of a quality of life improvement, I suppose. Yeah. Um, the way to do it is you place the Somaria block on the ground anywhere that's not in the path of those automatic stairs. And then you walk left and right along the or left or right along the edge of a pit, which is you have conveniently in that pod area right below those stairs. And then you just dash up into the automatic stairs. And once at the top, it just, you know, launches you a little bit further uh, and over those blocks. Hmm. So for execution, this one uh, is going to be sort of tough for me because in theory, it's pretty easy. But I distinctly remember practicing this one in a practice hack for like five to ten minutes and I could not get it once. And I just gave up and moved on with my life. So. I feel like personally for me and the execution score has to be kind of high because I, I tried it and couldn't really get it and moved on, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never actively tried it to be honest, so I couldn't tell you how hard it really is. It seems to be pretty easy from the description. That's really all I can base it on. So Dante, I mean, I've seen you do this in a race. Like I'm sure you wouldn't probably consider this too hard. No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to use Tim's logic here. Like I do it. I do it a lot, uh, you know, and um, I haven't really had a whole lot of trouble with it. So I'm going to rank it really low. Like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. I could see where there could be some issue. The idea is just understanding how that pit works more so than the glitch. Um, you know, like the, the, you don't have to be even as far over the pit as uh, the GIF shows on that page. Mm. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, um, the same premise of storing a water wall coming out of ice rod cave. It, you know, a lot of people spend the yeah. time I've seen a few racers um, maybe do like a, a spin buffer. Like they're setting up for a bomb jump, you know, against that pit and then dashing downward. And it's, it's nowhere near that precise. Uh, you know, you can kind of hold down left until you think you're maybe like even one pixel on that barrier and then just dash down in that uh, like for the water walk. And then, you're good. Uh, the same's kind of applicable here. It's just you need to make sure you are facing left or right before you dash. And then you have to have the mindset to when you're charging that dash, just tap up. And that way you're doing well, like a dash turn, so to speak. Um, hmm. That's that, that's kind of it. I mean, because uh, I from what I understand with this glitch, like if you were to down buffer um, like a a spin slash like you're going to do a bomb jump. I don't think it works at all. Like mm. I, I, so that the, the key there is you have to be, I guess, perpendicularly facing to where the pit is aligned. Okay. Um, I made it sound much more complicated than it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I, I, I can understand how, when you know what to do, it kind of reminds me of diver down, you know, that when I tried that the first you know, week or two after it, it seemed really hard. Now it's like, I hardly have to think about it at all. I just jump right in the water. It's all good. Um, it seems like that kind of thing. So I can definitely see how after doing enough times, it's like second nature. Um, could we agree on maybe like a four? Sure. It's on, as long yeah. as it's on the under the five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, opportunity to come up. I would say anytime you're in pod and you have the cane, this is, and, and boots, this is viable. Um, so that's probably like a, th like a three or a four, I would say. I'd say the opportunities slightly lower. It, it, the things you have to consider, how many items have I found in the front? Like, have I done the right oh, side the and, routing. and got my keys and I've also gotten my, um, 
uh, my two items, so to speak, you know, where, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, at, at max or whatever, you know, and if you've Your only two got, items in the first five of pod. Yeah. Cause that's the guarantee, yeah. like four keys minimum, maybe even six, you know, up to six. So you could just be debated the whole time. Um, yeah. So it's the opportunity is pretty low for it to be useful. You just have to be very situationally aware. That's true. Okay. So maybe more like a two then. Yeah. Okay. Now helpfulness, uh, when, assuming the stars align and you are in a situation where you can do it, how much time do you save by being able to dash up those stairs and through the blocks? Would you say? I mean, I haven't timed it out, but basically if you doing both options perfectly, you would have to time out. I, I, if you get it first try, it's worth it. If you don't get it first try, it's not always worth it in my mind. Cause you're still sure. going to do a falling animation. Um, it would just depend on how you want to flip the switch and then get up the stairs. Uh, you could do a bonk downward, do a door transition down and back up, or you could uh, throw a bomb, something to hit the switch. Uh, you know, or punt the Samaria block and hit the switch that way and then go back up. So it, like Mm -hmm. I said, very, very situational, but I think it's, it's marginal time save if done correctly on the first try. Okay. I'm going to say maybe like a three for helpfulness. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll call it a three. All right. Moving on. Uh, sank and quit. So uh, I brought this one. I don't fully understand it. Uh, Dante, actually, I mean, you were the one that that scoffed when I when I added this to the list as uh, one that is not helpful. So maybe you would be better suited to explain, you know, what this glitch is and when it's helpful. Uh, okay, so basically, you uh, you basically get electrocuted by a buzz blob or an electrified berry. Um, or being damaged by the Aga Tower barrier. And uh, while you're, the mosaic is happening, you select save and quit, and you're going to automatically start a sanctuary. Um, the, I, I think it's useful if you're situationally aware. Like, if you feel like you're in a tight race, like, let's say you blind, like, the, the only time it's really something you can do uh, and it'd be beneficial. I think this is kind of good for entrance in some ways more so than, or maybe not entrance, but, um, you basically would have to mirror, uh, and blind check that Lake Helia item. And then there's the, the buzz blobs just chilling. Like he's, he's just partying out on that beside that item taunting you. And then, uh, if you grab that and you want to go to like sanctuary next, like you've got nowhere else to go, then slash your sword, do it really quick. And you save a, a, like a little menu transition when you're heading into, um, you know, the title screen, so to speak. It's, I mean, it's super, it's, it's just a, it's a free time save if you're going to do that. Okay. So I, what I'm hearing you say is execution. It's very, very simple to pull off. It's more about the mindfulness of when that's, that's maybe a challenge. Definitely. Um, yeah, like because you know we were talking obscurity earlier. I'd say it's very high on obscurity, uh, as yeah. far as like being useful. Uh, is it super? You know, is it super helpful? I mean, yeah, in a way, but at the same time, no. It, it it's it's super situational. Like I wouldn't want to use it if 
like I would, like I said, I would not go actively go to the Aga barrier with a fighter sword to do that. Obviously, like it's going to be much faster for me to, you know, select sanctuary from the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, so for opportunity, the, the situations in which this comes up, I think are pretty rare, which should be a high opportunity score. Sure. So is a nine too high? Um, no, Maybe I don't think it's eight. too high. Yeah. Somewhere eight to nine uh, is what I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And for execution, I think, uh, very easy to do. You just wait for the screen to get pixelated and then that's when you do your save and quit. Yeah. Execution's um, so super I, easy in my mind. I think it should be a one. Yeah. I think that makes sense for a one helpfulness. Um, this one, you know, even when you pull it off and you get to start, you know, at, sanctuary instead of wherever you would have started or uncle which there's variation where you can do that that's even more rare from what i understand it's not it's it's like maybe 10 to 15 seconds that you save and like backtracking to where you would have wanted to go something like that yeah which you know in the grand scale of things some some of these save like a frame or two so 15 seconds that's uh, you know that's actually pretty significant for for this list that's so maybe that yeah. should be a little higher it's um, it's situational. I've actually never done the the one for Uncle, so mm. you know that that one's. I think that one's even more out there. Yeah, Unkin quit. Unkin quit. <laughs> I've I've heard that. I've heard someone say that. Quunkin quit. Yeah. Uh, so if I, I don't know. Maybe like a four. Yeah, a four four would be. I think it's like middling, but dope. on the side of like not super helpful, but still like. Mm-hmm. A lot more helpful than than most of these that we've been, been talking about. Yeah. Okay. All right. So our final one uh, is Armos Shake Storage. Who, who brought this one? I forget. I was your boy. Um, okay. <laughs> well, you've done the last two. Do you want someone else to read this one? I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know. Okay. So okay. Uh, execution of this glitch. If the final Armos Knight is defeated while the screen is in a shaking state, from it stomping on the ground, a non-zero screen offset is preserved, meaning you're in that shaking state. Uh, with this non-zero screen offset, you can walk by lumberjack tree, and the sprite covering the hole will be knocked down. So basically, you're storing a bonk, if you want to call it that. Here's where it becomes not useful, uh, and that's what I was talking about. Like no one's used it yet. Uh, the opportunity, like it was like, oh man, this could be. This could be the seed and then it doesn't come up. Um, but basically you have to have Agawan defeated. Like it, he has to be dead because you have to be able to get to the pyramid. Uh, two, you have to be able to save and quit to the pyramid from an Armos fight uh, or in, you know, or the castle in inverted mode, so to speak. Uh, keeping that in mind, it makes it very, that's what makes it very niche. Uh, because you would have to mm. either do it from GT in a non-entrance seed or it has to be entrance. Like entrance is literally the only thing I think this will ever be useful for. Uh, and three, you have, if you cannot save and quit to the pyramid, you must be able to defeat Armos as the boss of a pendant dungeon. Uh, because if you pick up the crystal, it will break the glitch. So if there's crystal causes us a, a different type of screen transition because you uh, start getting a follower attached to you m- briefly, uh, which is why the in entrance modes, the 
uh, the Smith or the purple chest would disappear. If you go beat a crystal versus a pendant, they'll stay with you if you beat a pendant uh, because there's no follower. But all that being said, like what has to happen is you have to kill the Armos. Then you have to save and quit. Like this is ideal scenario. Walk down from the pyramid mirror and then go left, like walk left. And then when you walk by the bonk rocks or the um, king's tomb or the lumberjack tree, the stuff will move out of the way because you've stored it. And I don't even know if you can do all three. I think it only happens with one. Um, The other thing to keep in mind, there are ways to lose this offset. So like if you uh, mirror to the start of a dungeon, it breaks it. If you enter exit or just do any underworld transitioning at all. So changing a room even that breaks it. And if you use the flute, it breaks it. this is, I mean, I hope you kind of see now, like why I was saying no one's really ever going to have the opportunity to use this more than maybe once in our lifetime. I feel like, uh, yeah, yeah, this, <laughs> uh, I, everything you've just said pretty much just tells me that, uh, opportunity is like in the basement opportunity has got to be a one for this. It, it's, it's, we want, we want to see a situation where we can use it, but it just, it, it will not come up because it's so rare. I think that having to kill Aga really like puts the stake in it, you know, like that's to, to have Aga dead, but also um, not know where the boots are and be able to kill Armos. is just like, it's all so rare. It's, there's just, it's, it, yeah. Okay. One for opportunity. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Execution though, is probably going to be pretty low because um, it seems in theory, pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, you just have to time it so you kill the last Armos when it's hitting the ground. It's not super hard. Yeah, I would probably give it like a two, just because mm-hmm. you could you could mistime that arrow. Those are, they're a little tricky. So yeah, for sure. two for execution. Helpfulness when it when it is helpful when you're in that one situation where the boots are on, in some long chained fetch quest uh off in the middle of nowhere but you say like your go mode item is on lumberjack i don't know it seems insane it almost seems like it'd have to be a plan though but in the event that you did know this glitch and recognize the situation for it it would be extremely helpful you basically could skip an item yeah but again very situational Extremely situational, but I think, you know, the the opportunity being as low as it does kind of protects this glitch from being ranked too high overall, even if we do give it a pretty high helpfulness, you know, Mm -hmm. sure, because the helpfulness is kind of the last thing. It's just like, okay, is it, you know, what do you get out of actually pulling it off? And this one, I mean, you get an item without boots. So that's that's kind of cool. So I'll probably give this like a six for helpfulness. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you do get that once in a lifetime chance to to do it and remember to do it and everything, then yeah, sure. Yeah, but we'll we just need to remember that that one. You know, if we could go lower than a one, it would be lower than a one. And this is exactly why I wanted to leave a little bit of room at the bottom because I knew we were going to run into this. Where like we've given out opportunity of ones before, but I think this is on another level. You know, sure. But I mean, there. Th- okay. I think all of them are pretty low. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. the, I don't think any of our ones are unjustified in the way we have delegated them. Yeah, no, that we haven't given out any false ones or anything. But yeah, there, there's just a lot of varieties of unhelpful glitches, whether it be the opportunity or the helpfulness or how difficult they are. 
Uh, okay, so now that we've ranked our top 10, what I'd like to do now is quickly go through the seven that didn't make it that we didn't call out as honorable mentions. But also, if anyone has like a final change of heart and they want to maybe do a switch out of one of these, I would I would certainly be open to that. And I think we do have a little bit of time for it. So um, so the first one that didn't get picked out was the race game rail clip escape. Uh, so rail clipping is a glitch that does have some benefit in some places. But Dancy Head was talking about specifically uh, using it to get out of race game um, seems pretty useless to me. Yeah, you don't need yeah. like it's <laughs> if you're it's kind of like the LNR through the through mm-hmm. the sand boy. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you save minimal, minimal, minimal frames, I think. Yeah. Yeah, certainly worth contention, but didn't make our list. So we'll just give an honorable mention. Uh, We also have bombs ignoring collision, which isn't this something that people are kind of messing with as something sort of new dancy or has this been around? Uh, It's it's me. It's always been around. Um, So uh, this is useful in like the big one. And you can look into the racing council announcement channels or whatever. There's like a, a video clip showing it being used. Um, if you're playing door rando, like that's like the hot thing that people are, have been having fun with lately. Uh, if you play door rando, sometimes you may walk into the, the crystal switch that has the two side by side in GT and you may be on the, like that right door. Well, unless you flip the switch, you can't really get through there. Um, a way to do this would be to, you know, use the bomb, drop two bombs and throw one. And while you're throwing, you pick the other one up. Cause when you have the item over your head, the bombs kind of ignore what's going on. So the bomb would actually bounce through the wall and then hit the, the switch. Um, and then you could get through the room that way. The other, I mean, the other usefulness of this uh, would kind of be like uh, if you want to Kern jump, you know, sometimes timing, it can be a little tight for people. And what you could do is if you have the ice rod, you could freeze the Henox, throw a bomb. And then while you're throwing it, pick the Henox up. And if you pick the Henox up, then if I understand it right, the bomb actually doesn't go through the floor. Uh, or through the water. It just sits there. And then uh, mm. another application is in pods. Sometimes people have a hard time throwing the bomb to, if, you, if that's the only thing you have to flip the switch in the arena room, um, two bombs yet again, you throw one, you pick it up. It will bounce across the void. Uh, if you know the last little bit of frames, like especially if you're throwing it and it's falling through just a little too short. Uh, that's well, all of these applications that you're listing make it seem like it could be somewhat useful, but I know in my heart that it's garbage. I mean, there's, there's no reason <laughs> to ever use this. So like when I started making this list, like with some of these, they were useful, but niche, like, right. That was kind of mm. what we were, I was going with initially. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the exactly what we call this list honestly is sort of up for debate but i think we all understand the spirit of it in terms of like the uh, it, the glitch in order to be considered has to be somewhat useful or there has to be some application for it otherwise there's literally no point to even bring it up so it does we do have to find that balance between like you know has mm-hmm. its uses versus like worth learning right you know and we're, we're kind of going between both of them a little bit to be fair um swordless silverless ganon was another one and i think this is just like uh, this would only be helpful, obviously, in swordless mode. Um, ask anybody a tactic, to, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, ask anyone how useful it was when they lost to Andy in ladder uh, or a mystery race. Um, or basically a mystery race uh, where it was swordless because mm. it's happened to me in the mystery tournament. 
And that's happened, I know, to multiple people in uh, like a mystery uh, uh, ladder race. So um, it's it's niche. It's useful. Is it worth learning? Uh, that your mileage may vary. It depends on what you enjoy doing as far as playing. Yeah. That's another one I think with execution that's high because like oh, there's no doubt 10. that it's difficult. That's that's yeah. a, you know that that's a ten because you have one that's frame. That's kind of one of the reasons I think or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and it's not that it's not useful when it's useful. It's more like you know, is it worth your time to learn it because you are gonna have to practice it for a long time. That yeah. kind of thing. <clears throat> um, splash delete exiting the waterfall. So I think that's pretty self-explanatory. It doesn't come up that often, um, but you know. Sometimes you might need it for entrance really is kind of the thing that, that you were saying that, when you added this, right? Yeah. It's been talked a lot, uh, because of the entrance tournament going on with cross keys. Uh, Schulzer actually has come up with a, a setup to get out of it. Um, if you wanted to fake flipper again, or like, you know, I guess fake flipper, if you want to call it the splash delete, I guess is the better way to put it. Sorry. My brain died. Uh, it, you need, <laughs> you need silvers for it. And basically the way he described it was you would shoot one in the wall then you would place two bombs and then you would shoot one downward. So like the, the sparkles are on the screen. And then when you jump down, you'll be in the fake flipper state. I have not tried that personally. That's just what I had saw was reported. So that's a pretty right. nifty trick. Yeah. You also brought a fire rod double, AKA cold stair damage duplication with master sword beam, cane burst or arrows. And uh, honestly, I think the reason this one didn't get picked for our top 10 is because it's, you know, it, uh, you could make quite a few arguments for this being helpful uh, coming up frequently and also not being that hard to do. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it would probably be pretty, pretty low on our list uh, yeah, if we were sure. to try to include it. Yeah. Um, cool. And then I wanted to include hovering just to make it one of the options because I knew somebody very snarkily will be like, oh, glitches that are worth ignoring. You should have just said hovering and called it a day. And I just wanted to be like, look, if you look at the three categories that we're grading these by, yes, execution. Sure, that's probably a 10. But helpfulness, you get to cut out an entire item potentially if you can pull it off. Um, there's the pod routing that Dante shows us on a regular basis that becomes much, much easier and faster. So I think usefulness and opportunity would have to be really high for hovering. And and therefore I don't think it would score very well on this, uh, in this list that we're creating at all. So na 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 to everybody who doesn't like hovering, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, barrier revival, uh, was another one that we had looked at. This is kind of cool. Basically, uh, I've never seen anyone use this. Um, but it is a way to get into Agus tower, um with uh, a mirror and a bottled fairy basically you mirror where the barrier is from the pyramid the barrier kills you immediately uh and then the fairy brings you back to life and now you can walk through the door and you didn't actually kill the barrier so you can get in there a little earlier um so it's useful in um um key sanity and other you know like key shuffled keys uh modes and also entrance you know there could be you know if you be anything in that entrance you can sequence break to it earlier than you could you know with the normal barrier requirements so uh i think this is one where opportunity would be somewhat low execution is pretty high and helpfulness is probably middling um but yeah just didn't didn't make our list this time and then the last one uh, it was uh, the cape dash overflow the santa dash that was discovered during the uh, last winter festive and this one, I think I wanted to include just because a lot of people don't know about it, but I would argue that it, it can be really helpful when it is helpful. And it's also not terribly hard to pull off. So, um, 
just another one didn't didn't quite make it. But those were the uh, honorable mentions. So now let's get back to our top 10 and uh, considering our scores that we've given them. Let's quickly rank these uh, so that we can find our number one uh, glitch that you can most safely ignore when you're playing ALTTPR. So which of these seems the most helpful? Let's start there. Pog clip. Mm. Execution's pretty low. Opportunity and helpfulness, we only got a two and a three. Um, I'm going by what I know here, like looking at these, <laughs> like <laughs> as far as ignoring it entirely, pog clip because uh, mm, actually I take that back. Aga one dark rooms. Mm. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, the helpfulness is the highest on that one, along with the Armo shake storage, but we have the caveat of that being insanely rare. Um, okay. Yeah, let's do Agawan Darkroom as our number 10 for now. That's number 10. You good with that, Herf? Yeah. Okay. I think okay. Uh, I was I was just trying, you know, I was just thinking this one or uh or um Maybe the shake storage, but as as Tim was saying, the shake storage is just such the helpfulness value on that is is just uh, an illusion, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's hidden behind the insanely low opportunity. Um, okay. Uh, next up, let's see. I'm I'm kind of scanning for helpfulness as the first thing, just with that reminder of the armor shake storage. So if we do look at the next one that has the highest helpfulness, it'd be sank and quit, and that also has uh, a really low execution, which is another um hallmark of a, a better glitch to learn so i think that should be our number nine all right yeah i'm good with that especially if we're considering all the other modes that dante was talking about earlier exactly yeah and that that was the same for the aga dark aga mm -hmm. one dark room too is the other exactly. modes kind of helped that with its usefulness okay all right um maybe the armo shake storage should be next no uh, that's that's it, like top three that is top three on things to ignore I think. Well, again, but uh, yeah, and I was just about to use that exact same um, reasoning things to ignore. OK, I'm 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 going to stop ignoring this and I'm going to give it my attention. OK, now I'm aware of it and I know how to do it done. Like I just learned that glitch, like by knowing what it is, you essentially have learned it. So is it really worth ignoring if you can learn it that quickly? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm looking at. So we had that word obscurity initially and the, the opportunity for this to come up is like the lowest of the low. So I don't think you're going to lose anything by by ignoring it is what I like kind of mm. how I'm looking at the list. So sure. that's why I say top three for that. You know, we can. OK, we can delegate that later. Um, All right. Let's see. Yeah, I'll drop it for number eight, at least for right now. We can we can look at other ones. Honestly, the next best thing uh, that I would not ignore in my mind is lamp controls Samaria mounts. And the reason for that is if you are really trying to do the NMG strats, but you maybe aren't as good at them or you have a slip up. It's always nice to know how to get out of that room um, or out of that spot. So okay. it, it's I know that's bailed out more than uh, you know, a double handful of runners like 10 plus in the past. Mm. So the NMG is a really good point that we hadn't considered is that there, there is a precedent for maybe accidentally ending up in there. 
you know? Correct. So I kind of yeah. think that's something you should learn. Okay. I'm not against that. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's uh, well, well stated. So we'll move that to number eight. Um, and now maybe this is the time for pog clip. Yeah. I'd yeah. Say so. mm-hmm. I think so too. Okay. All right. So that's our number seven. So number six, uh, just a quick reminder, the ones we have left prize on the eyes, bonk prize, pre-grab pressing L or R to move through sand enemies, LSD blind, our most kill without the moving and our most shake storage. I will probably put the bonk prize pre-grab here simply because it's the only one with any significant opportunities left over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Let's do it. That's number six. Okay. Number five getting pretty bleak these are real stinkers i'm gonna say just because of how easy it is to do in my mind um (laughs) the l and r through the sand enemies like (laughs) just rubbing it in that's true the execution's so low although there was my argument that the execution is actually really high if you want any (laughs) usefulness on that but i'll i'll let sleeping dogs lie there okay um all right so we have two armos glitches left these are all boss glitches i just realized holy crap yeah pretty much and they're all equally useless more or less in my mind at least they're all they're all useless for sure um all right so my really quick my top four here um mm -hmm. i'll go four three two one uh if i had to pick between these four uh i would do number four as uh lsd no i'm sorry prize on the eyes just in case Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would do number three is LSD blind. Uh, mm-hmm. And then number two, I would do Armos shake storage. And number one, useless for me out of what is remaining would be Armos killing them without them moving because, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there it's really debatable whether or not that one should even be considered on this list because it's so unhelpful. Um, we, you know, we didn't really dig into exactly like how this even benefit like we did say yeah if you're if you're bad at armos but it's also difficult to do this so like why not just learn the armos fight if you're going to yeah. spend the time you know Ooh, i'm kind of feeling like maybe we need to throw this out and grab an alternate because armor mm. skill without the moving is so like there's there's just no benefit I, I it's i'm really struggling to think of why one would ever do this swag what do you guys think but what if i want to swag <laughs> swag doesn't count uh um, i mean what would you want to replace it with that's my bigger problem because all the others didn't get picked because at least for some of them they're actually useful in some way well what about the barrier revival that comes up so like when are you really gonna do that it's like entrance and and uh yeah, pretty much just I like mean, as far as where it would rank on the on our top four that are left, I suppose it doesn't really matter because, yeah, Barry Revolt would probably be around at the same place. Yeah. Oof. OK. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to make the executive decision. I'm going to get rid of our most kill without the moving because it's just almost like not even. A, it's, it's like it's like not even a a, a trick <laughs> it's just like a a thing that can get that you can do but there's no there's no benefit uh so i'm gonna bring in the barrier revival 
and let's just do a quick because we already we just talked about this a second ago. I'm going to say execution is very low because you can just do it. In fact, I'm going to give it a one opportunity. This is going to be really, really high. Uh, yeah, high, though, because it doesn't come up very often. It'd be like a seven. Low then? Oh, low. Sorry. Yeah, I got I got turned around. So probably like a a, a two. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I, you know, I don't play a lot of entrance modes, but I think that's the only time it would actually help. And then helpfulness. You can only sequence break a couple items, so it's not really that helpful to to be honest. So I would say like a two on that as well. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to slot barrier revival in somewhere else, or should it be a top four kind of thing? Because I probably would go back. I I'd say four for it. If I'm being honest, you think four for it? Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, if I'm gonna probably. say my four, it, is it just drops it to there, and then everything else, which means the number one for me would be the shake storage. Okay. Based you know, off, of, I think that like based off what yeah. you said, because I I was I'm still gonna throw in the swag. You can LSD blind for some swag. Well, the LSD vine, as we as we said, it does have one very, very weak uh, reason to use it. I kind of want I, I just kind of see LSD blind as being the number one for me. Armo shake storage, I think, is would be my number three. Herf, how are you feeling about this? Um, I mean, I, uh, I, I think number three is probably prize on the eyes for me. Because at least, you know, what we talked about earlier with the arrows or whatever fairies, if you really have to take those into account. Yeah. So there's some usefulness there. And the other two, I would still probably put Armor Shake Storage at one just because it will never come up in our lifetime ever. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Well, y'all both have Armor Shake Storage as number one. With LSD blind, we have at least, you know, a concrete example of how it can be helpful. And I'm sure somewhere in Rando's history, someone has used that to leave the blind room and not lose like a million hours. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone do Armo shake storage anywhere ever. Okay. wow. All right. So, well, I'm willing to I'm willing to give on this. Uh, You both you both have it as number one. I can certainly understand your arguments and I'm willing to agree to do that. So our final list of the top 10 tricks in ALTTPR, you can safely ignore in this order. Number 10, Aga One Dark Rooms. Number nine, Sank and Quit. Number eight, Lamp Controlled Samaria Bounce. Number seven, Extended Auto Stairs, also known as the Pog Clip. Number six, Bonk Prize Pre-Grab. Number five, pressing L or R to move through sand enemies. Number four, barrier revival. Number three, prize on the eyes. Number two, LSD blind. And the number one most useless glitch in ALTTPR, Armos shake storage. Wow. Gentlemen, nice work. Thank you very much for uh, going through that exercise with me and determining this just absolute list of garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think our job is done here. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. So no fetch questions. I actually had trouble opening our mailbox. So if someone has emailed us and we're not commenting on it, I apologize. There might be something weird with it. I will uh, do some more research and see if I can just make sure everything's going okay. We probably don't have any. Is it the same mailbox that the other stuff goes to as well, right? It all goes to the same email address? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think our mailbox is fine because Cinex bots is still spamming us like crazy. 
Yeah, we still get that. Uh, I've just I've been trying to log in and it's a, okay. Here it goes. It must have just been a thing that day. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking real quick to make sure we know that. There's a lot of spam. And yeah, no, spam. Let's go. Read some spam. <laughs> Do you not want to buy these pills? Something about um, celebrating indie games. Sure. Some sort of uh, spam of some sort. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do so by sending that to email at gomodepodcast.com. I did just confirm that it works. So there you go. Um, we're also in the discord and on Twitter at gomodepodcast. Uh, Dante, you can watch play rando at twitch.tv slash D-A-A-A-N-T-Y. Dante, what have you been into these days? You want to give us a shout out? I just play dance games and uh, I did reach a channel like goal um, with the, what is it? The the channel points and uh thanks to everybody who uh i guess you know donated or cashed into that but i am going to do a link between worlds rando stream here but like with hopefully like first of august sometime we're gonna set a date for it and stream that should be a good time laugh at me and playing a game that's like linked to the past but not really (laughs) yeah i would love to check that out that seems cool uh herf is at herf uh herf.tv slash twitchy twitchy <laughs> i was twitchy like what ditchy. are we doing twitchy twitchy that's really good twitchy ditchy is what i, I should have said i gotta remember that one you know yeah. what i also for my i i almost don't want to say because i don't want anyone else to steal it but i was watching sgdq and i stole something from the super metroid 100 percent race commentary that i definitely want to use at some point Okay. Because uh, the one of the commentators said, our runners here are cooler than the other side of the pillow. And I thought that was such a cool thing to say. I don't know why that got me so much, but I really want to slap that um, into my little commentary notebook. That's a quote from the uh, the great Stuart Scott from ESPN. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, he um, would describe like when, uh, you know how they say like a, a sports player has ice water in his veins. Um, mm-hmm. like if they, if he was like doing, you know, commentary over like the highlight reels for, uh, like a, a, like a game they were covering, um, you know, or summarizing, he would just say, look at this guy hitting this shot cooler than the other side of the pillow. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he would just throw those things in like really subtly. Um, and that, I, I think that's probably where that guy got it from. If I'm being honest, probably, he may have just heard yeah, it on the internet, I mean, but it's, it's a, it's a fantastic <laughs> saying. Yeah, well, when I, we I did really our like uh, our sports episode, our our league episode, we had on uh, fear, we and um, fear and Sir Link a lot. That was what Dante used as his intro. Oh yeah, I did. He oh, said, yeah, I'm, right. "I'm cooler than the other side of the pillow, Dante." Well, you can still use well, it. I think it's a good one to use. I've never thought about even trying to like that. Would be a great summary, and I'm going to give an example, and then Herf's not going to be able to use it, but. That'd be a perfect like low low percent boss fight where you're about to die and mm-hmm. you clutch it out. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah, that's what I had in my mind as well. Oh, we'll see. First, I have to do commentary again, which isn't something that I really do much anymore. So, mm. well, we'll see. But yeah, um, yeah, that's it for me. Check out my channel on herfytv slash twitchy ditchy or <laughs> twitchy something. Twitchy ditchy. Yeah. <laughs> um. And I'm at uh, twitch.tv slash temp underscore recently did a, a joint stream along with uh, zero Nix. Um, he took one of the tracks that I wrote for temp.msu and was mastering it and mixing it. 
Um, so that was uh, super fun. Got it sounding real tasty. Uh, he said he's he's going to do more of those. And I'm I'm very grateful to him for doing that. So uh, in addition to my stream, check out his as well, because um, we'll hopefully be doing some more of those. And I also wanted to shout out. This is a very weird shout out. But um, so we have a, a Samsung TV and we have, you know, like YouTube TV and Netflix and, you know, all these like services or whatever. Uh, but when you get a Samsung TV, it comes with automatically with a bunch of like Samsung TV channels that you get for free. And uh, one of them we found is uh, the Vivo. There's like a series of Vivo channels, like the people that do music videos. So now just kind of by default on our TV at home, we have it set to the Vivo pop music video channel. And it's been really cool. Like I feel a lot more like young and hip because I know all of these (laughs) cool songs that are coming out and some of them are actually pretty good. And, you know, music videos It used to, I used to watch those all the time on like MTV and VH1 and it's, it's been decades literally since I cared about a music video, but now I'm seeing a lot of the new ones coming out and it's, it's just really cool. So my shout out is uh, specifically, if you have a Samsung TV go check to see if you have this channel, Um, it's unedited too. It's great. It's like the way you would want them. And uh, in general, yeah, all the cursing is is intact, which is how I prefer my music, to be honest. Uh, and more generally, I guess I'm also just shouting out the concept of music videos. They're a lot of fun. I, I kind of forgot about them for a minute there. And uh, I've been watching a lot lately and it's it's, have, uh, it's a good time. I've got a big question for you. Mm-hmm. When temp.msu is done, are you going to make a music video of one of the tracks to drop <laughs> with it? Oh, man. Oh, man. Man, you got me thinking. You got me thinking that I probably should now. Um, maybe we can do maybe we can do something like with with a, a, a randomizer seed and make a video out of that or something. That'd be fun. We shall see. Good. Good suggestion. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's it for us for this week. Uh, I wanted this to be a shorter one. And here we are coming right up on two hours. So there you go, everybody. <laughs> GG. Uh, <laughs> GG's. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. For now, let's go ahead and mirror out. Mm-hmm.